Hello, and welcome to the Infinite Creators Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am your host, Chloe, and I want you to know that my intention behind this podcast is and always will be to expand your heart and your mind and help you discover new ideas, thoughts, and ways of being. I hope that with each episode, you leave this space feeling inspired, filled with love, and ready to take action in creating a life that is worth living. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having an amazing day, morning, evening, or week, um, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, Today's podcast episode is going to be me answering a series of anonymous questions that I received through Instagram by doing a little question box. And I thought this would be a fun way to educate and to share and to inspire um, through my answers. So I hope that you enjoy these. They are relatively random and in no specific order. I will maybe try to outline them in the show notes with the question and then the the time during the podcast in which I answered them. Um, so I'm just going to answer them randomly in the order that I receive them. Because to be honest, I can't be bothered to organize them in a, in a specific way. Uh, so uh, let's start with the first question which was, I'm just going to read the question out loud and then, and then answer them as best I can. So the first question that I got was, um, I would love to hear more about your daily and nightly, um, routines and rituals that keep you nourished daily. And I love this question. I think I have done some various podcast episodes, like my I think one of my first episodes, like my top six tips to self-development or something, and then a more recent one, like routines and habits that have changed my life or something, I will link that in the show notes because I think there's a more elaborate answer for you there. But um, let's see, I would say in the morning, I'll just say some like basic non-negotiables for me is that... um, I really try with every ounce of me and 90% of the time I'm successful. I do not use my phone um, for the minimum the first hour of the day and preferably the first two hours of the day. Uh, when I go to bed, I put my phone on airplane mode and I unplug the Wi-Fi, everything. And um, I don't like to touch my phone in the morning. I find it has a profound impact on my mood and my productivity Um, my presence, my awareness with my thoughts and my emotions. And the phone is just such a distraction. And because of the different various work forms I have and all the different communications I have on a daily basis, if I turn on my phone in the morning, I'm easily getting like 60 plus notifications. And that's just not what I want in the morning. I want to tune into um, how I'm feeling, how I slept, um, what I want to do for the day. And I can't do that if I'm on my phone and it's just like a black hole, you know, we, we all know this. (laughs) So I, that's a really important, like crucial part of my morning routine. And if I follow that, which I always do, then my morning just transpires into this perfect morning. 
um, where I do, and, and it's never rigged. It's never strict because I'm not a, I'm not one to do rigged things because I get bored really easily. I love to shake things up, but meditation is always a a non-negotiable. And in saying that, there are many days throughout the week where I I don't meditate. Reason being is because, not like intentional, but because I feel like I've been meditating for so long now, like six or seven years, that I almost feel like the presence and stillness that I've gained through meditation has almost become like an impermeable, is that a word? Impermeable? It's become like a permanent state of being in many ways. Um, Not to say that I don't love meditation and get so much benefit from it now, but um, I love that quote that says like, every time you meditate, it's like, putting a deposit in the bank like it it contributes to your overall endless state of being and state of peace and that's how I feel like I've put so many deposits in the bank through my thousands of meditations that I really do feel this deep presence and and stillness um, that I'm really able to embody especially if I have this morning um, mindfulness um, sort of thing anyways I could go on a whole tangent about that um so meditation, I love to do breath work to get out of my mind and into my body. I love to do like basic stretches like cat cow and like downward dog and um, child's pose, stuff like that. And then um, I love to journal if it feels applicable. Like if my mind feels really turbulent, then I'll always turn to journaling Um, now something that I really want to share about is nighttime routine, because this is something I'm exuberantly proud of myself for. Um, and that is my nighttime routine. I have yearned to be a nighttime routine person where like, I don't use my phone at night and I have like a whole wind down procedure and I honor the mornings just as much as I honor the nights or I honor the nights just as much as I honor the mornings. And the number one thing that's helped me stay, and when I say this, I mean it, consistent with my nighttime routine for the last two months straight consecutively, it's that I stopped using artificial lighting. And I'm just going to take this question, run it into the ground because (laughs) I have a lot to share. Um, I started researching the detrimental effects of artificial lighting, meaning like the lights that you use in your house. And obviously we all know blue light from the phone is not good, Um, but specifically like are more easy to control, I guess, because it's not really a necessity is the the lighting in our home. And I started, I read a book called, um, shit, I can't even think of what it's called, Waking Up to the Dark. Um, that really inspired me to do this. And then I listened to a few podcast episodes on artificial lighting and, and the different studies that are coming out about how artificial lighting disrupts our hormones and it causes infertility. It ruins our digestion. It destroys our healthy levels of cortisol and melatonin, all these different things. And it, and it was one of those things that when you learn it, 
you're like, this makes so much sense. How have I never thought about this? And I need to apply this into my life. You know, one of those life hack sort of moments. Um, so I just, I just instantly started not using any lights in my house. I, I go to the store every week or 10 days and I buy a shitload of large unscented natural candles. Um, I have them in little bowls scattered all around my house at night and I light them all. And right now I have one, two, three candles lit in my whole house and it's perfectly lit. I can do everything. I can cook. I can entertain guests. I can have dinner, all the things. And I don't see the need for light. I love not using light. (laughs) In fact, once you get used to not using artificial light in your house, it, when you use it, cause I have to use it sometimes if I'm like, you know, I don't know, some sort of random situation a few times a month. It is so abusive <laughs> to your eyes. <laughs> like it feels like the worst thing that's ever happened. I can't explain it. Like you become so acclimated to not letting that level of light that is so dangerous to your health, touch your eyes that you just can't stand it. And even if I have to go to like the grocery store at night or if I'm, I went out to dinner the other night and they had these horrible artificial lighting. It was like a surgeon's room in there, like as if they were going to perform heart surgery on the dining table. It was so bright and I just hated it. I had to leave. Um, So (laughs) all that to say that my nighttime routine has become so um, easy and effortless and consistent because of my dedication to eliminating artificial light. Because um, when, so as soon as the sun goes down, that's when I, you know, no, no lights. So as soon as it com- becomes completely dark, then I light all the candles. And then that kind of starts my nighttime routine, really, because then your cortisol level is lowering, your melatonin starts producing um, because your body uses light as a signal of like what hormones and signals to produce in your body. And so you want obviously melatonin to be taking over your body like as night falls. Um, So that just kind of naturally happens. And through there being like low light and just candles, it's very soothing, it's very meditative, it's very cozy, it's very warm. And I just feel inspired to just do like calming activities. For example, um, I'll cook dinner in the darkness or not in the darkness, but in the candlelight and I'll listen to a podcast or like nice music. That's a part of my nighttime routine. And then I'll um, make tea and like roll a herbal joint. I'm really into smoking like medicinal herbs, um, sometimes with a little bit of cannabis and I'll roll a joint and like make tea and then I'll sit on the couch and I'll read in the candlelight or I'll write or I'll, I don't know, just enjoy listening to music and smoking a joint and (laughs) drinking tea. It doesn't take much to please me. And then um, my final step of my, well, two things, then I'll do like my face routine, like my skincare routine in the candlelight. And then I've been doing this journal exercise that I really love. 
it's so simple, but it has really profoundly affected my levels of productivity and intention that I weave into the following day. So it's, it's really simple. It's three questions or three prompts. Um, the first prompt is what went well for me today? And this is such a simple question, but coming from someone being me who is really hard on themselves and I always feel like I'm not doing enough, even though I'm doing so much constantly. Um, and I'm really hard on myself. I'm like, oh, I didn't get this done and I didn't get that done. So like, I'm a failure and like this day didn't go as planned. And that's so fucking annoying. Um, cause that happens all the time. <laughs> so that's why I love this question because I can acknowledge, even if it was a sh- like perceived shitty day, where I wasn't that productive and I didn't get anything on my to-do list done, there are still things that I can acknowledge that went well for me. Um, Even if it's something as simple as like, I took out the trash and I put away the dishes and I did three loads of laundry and I went grocery shopping and I put petrol in my car, you know, like that, those are things that went well, you know? So it's getting in this habit of really acknowledging um, the simple tasks that you do throughout each day that are essential to your state of being in many ways. Um, And I love doing it. And oftentimes, even on the most mundane days where I really didn't do anything out of the ordinary, which is most days, I I end up writing so much, like things that went well for me. Um, Even things like, I try and sometimes even be poetic about it. Like I, I, really was present and paid attention to the sounds of the birds chirping, like when I walked Nala, my dog. Um, Just little things like that. And I I love that. I love that prompt. It's really impacted me. And the next one is what I will do differently tomorrow to make it even better. So if I did have a really bad day, quote unquote, um, what am I going to do differently to make it better? And if I had a good day, um, the answers to this second prompt would just be like, what kind of like, what do I want to accomplish to continue this good feeling momentum? Um, so I'll just write anything, whatever feels, whatever feels necessary for the following day. And I love doing that because then before I even wake up, like I wake up almost with this excitement and enthusiasm to show up for myself and, I've already generated this level of accountability because for me, when I write something in my journal, that's like writing something in stone, you know, like I writing is so powerful to me and it's like a promise to me Um, when I write, especially when I put something with pen and paper. So I, I really take it seriously and it's a level of accountability that I need because I am a scatterbrained um, entrepreneur with ADHD in many ways. So I need this level of accountability. And I love that I'm already setting my intention for the day before I even go to bed. And then I wake up with this like heightened enthusiasm and awareness of how I'm already going to spend that day. And I love that. Um, And then the last prompt of the journal is uh, how do I want to feel? Uh, because feelings are so important. I'm always wanting to focus on my feeling. So I usually write like three feelings that I want to feel like energized, enthusiastic, and productive, or like strong, present, and nourished or whatever. Um, 
So yeah, that's that's my <laughs> elongated answer to that very simple question. I really recommend um, researching artificial lighting, looking at studies like PubMed studies of um, the detrimental effects of artificial lighting and finding ways to limit your intake of lighting to your eye, artificial lighting at night to your eyes. And then with the phone, I'll just say one last thing. Um, you can go into the settings on your phone, go to accessibility, go to display and text size, and then go to color filters. And you turn on a red color filter that basically turns your screen red as if you were using like red light, blue light blocking glasses. Um, and it's so much easier on your eyes. Like I have it on my phone all day, 24 seven, because I, I can't even stand to look at my phone normally now without the red light filter. Um, the only time I turn it off is when I am editing photos, uh, for Instagram or something. And I like need to see the true color of things. So yeah, that's a little hot tip. Highly recommend. It will change your life. Okay. Where are we at? Oh my gosh. Already 15 minutes. Okay. Next question. Um, how do you balance focusing on a goal while also surrendering and letting things unfold? Hmm. Okay. I can, I can say a lot about this, by the way, I have not preconceived any (laughs) thought to these answers. Um, so it, I guess it depends on what the goal is. I talk a lot about goal setting with my one-to-one mentorship clients in the first few weeks. And we sort of do this process of like determining, um, short-term and long-term goals and then reverse engineering them and then coming up with timelines and dates, uh, or like deadlines for those goals. So I think that's an important component and, and what is the severity of this goal? What does it mean to you and how will it impact you if, and when you achieve it? I think marinating yourself in the importance of a goal really helps me. Like, why is this important to me? Why do I want this goal in the first place? And what will it feel like if I just don't do it all together? Like, what are the repercussions of me not achieving this goal altogether ever? Like, and never putting forth energy into accomplishing that goal. Um, Because I... that ultimately, that answer to that question is ultimately what's going to carry you through to completion and to the enjoyment of the process as a whole, because you're doing it for you and in the name of your, of your overall well-being, I, I presume to some extent. So, um, and then with the surrendering and letting things unfold, I think, Okay, let me give you an example. So I have a goal of um, launching Mashuma, which is my latest project, um, my mushroom education platform. And I, I got the idea for this business like in June of 20, 
23, so almost six months ago. And I had every intention of like launching it by October, but like life has happened and I just haven't placed all my time and energy into it for various reasons. And, but now I really want to have it launched by April 1st at the latest. Um, and I know that there's a lot of quote unquote effort that's required for me to focus on this goal and really accomplish that deadline. And then there's also the element of surrendering and letting things unfold in the sense that I believe that everything I need, everyone who I want to collaborate on the project and the platform with me, all the tools, resources, knowledge, and expertise that are required to make it the best that it can be, can be given to me and come to me effortlessly. Meaning you never know when you ask for help, like I am a firm believer in prayer and asking for help, asking for guidance, asking to put the right people in your path to help you accomplish said thing. So I'm always praying for that. Give me guidance. Give me, put all the right people on my path. Give me new ideas and creative solutions. Shower me in miracles and in blessings that help support me to achieve this goal. So, and with that being said, the things that always seem to happen again and again and again through this prayer and through this wish are people coming into my life through sporadic, random, quote unquote, spontaneous, serendipitous events um, that have all the answers that I need. And oh, like I meet this random person at a cafe having a coffee and we get talking and she suggests a uh, organizational platform that's perfect for creating courses. Or I meet someone who has a podcast and he shares with me like a podcast hosting recording site that makes a way better interview, like a virtual interview than Zoom does. You know, things like that. Or I stumble upon a book that gives me an idea of how to best deliver information and marketing strategies, stuff like that. So I think, I don't know if that answers the question, but I think that there's the like mechanics of goal setting and then you pair it with the deep faith and understanding that you are not having to do it alone and there are divine orchestration and the forces of nature helping you to accomplish that goal because when you want something and when you desire something if the desire is strong enough and the faith is strong enough the whole universe and all the mechanics of god and the divine are working in your favor to help you create it um and that's how i live that's how i dance with that balance um so yeah that's that's my answer there okay next question is how do you deal with living on autopilot how do you over and how do you overcome it I have I used to have this appetite for so many things and I don't feel like I have that anymore uh I love this question and I actually really resonate with it because I feel the same way in many ways. I remember when I first became or stepped into the world of entrepreneurship and um, digital creations and being self-employed 
traveling full-time, etc. I felt like I had this childlike eagerness and hunger for life and for just my acknowledgement of how much of a creator I am and how I am able to like, I don't even like the word manifest, but like manifest things into reality and like alchemize my thoughts into things um, that I was just like unstoppable. And I had this hunger and this appetite and I was constantly creating and literally my thoughts, it felt like would my thoughts and ideas and my dreams and things that I wanted would come to me instantly, like so much so that it was hard to comprehend. Um, and then through a series of trials and tribulations, um, a really challenging breakup and some physical injuries. Like I dislocated my knee and partially tore like four ligaments and I couldn't walk for six months and I was stuck in my bed um, alone for most of those months. Um, That really kind of like dimmed my light in many ways and I was so focused on surviving it felt like like how do I get past this how do I heal my heart how do I um how do I manage all of these limiting beliefs and like traumas that are surfacing as a repercussion of this heartbreak and how do I um recover from this physical injury that literally requires so much of my attention for me to be healed I felt like I couldn't focus on anything else. And then through those trials and tribulations, I became very passive in my living and living on on autopilot, exactly as you said, that I I forgot that, oh yeah, like I am a co-creator in this experience and I can I can set goals and have this wild imagination and come up with all these crazy out of the ordinary things that I want and things that will bring me the most joy and fulfillment and love and laughter and and peace and beautiful memories I can create those and I only like just recently <clears throat> in the last few months have retuned into that state of being that I used to have when I was in my early 20s and it, and it feels so good I actually have goosebumps right now Um, to be living in that space and just reminding me myself of how powerful I am and we all are. And hence the name of my business and of all my platforms is Infinite Creators. I still really resonate with that term of just like we are um, these infinite beings that are so capable of creating and not only creating, but co-creating because we have the forces of God and divine orchestration working through us and with us. Um, We can co-create any reality or experience that we want if we really focus all of our energy and and love into that visualization or into that goal or to that dream, whatever. Um, So yeah, I think the first step to overcoming that is nourishing yourself. Like just don't focus so much on and this is what I had to do this whole year because this year has been freaking crazy. Like I moved across the world and like uprooted my entire life. <laughs> uh, and that was just 
chaos. And I only just like landed, so to speak, and settled two months ago. So um, the first thing is like making sure that you feel fully nourished. Like look at all the pillars of your life right? Whatever those are for you, the main pillars, which for everyone are like your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health, your health, the health of all your relationships, friendships, family, and romantic engagements, um, the health of your career, like how connected do you feel to your career and, and to the way that you're spending your time. Um, and then also I would say the last one is how connected you are to your creativity and inspiration because that is a huge part of who we are, I believe, as human beings is to always stay creative and inspired by our environment, by the people we surround ourselves with, etc. Um, so really ner- like make a list of all those areas of your life and you can even rate them on a scale of 1 to 10 and then you can see through those ratings like where you need to place your focus and like recenter, like, okay, this is, these are the areas that I'm lacking the most and bring all of those areas of your life to like an equal scale, you know, like at least a seven or higher where you feel like neutral and like stable. Um, This is easier said than done, but this is, this is the work, you know, this is what you got to do. Once you're in this balanced place where all the pillars of your life feel nourished, then I feel like that's the breeding ground for creation. That's where you can really then, because you feel so balanced, because you feel so nourished and your nervous system is attended to, you, you're not living in fight or flight mode, then you can really create from this place of inspiration and joy and enthusiasm. And I love, I'm just going to interject this here. I love the word enthusiasm. Um, if you look at the etymology of the word enthusiasm, enthusios is the Greek root, and it means to be filled with the spirit and the light of God. And so when we are working with enthusiasm, we are doing it with the spirit of God. We are doing it with the light of God within us. And I I just love that. It gives enthusiasm a whole new meaning to me. So creation with enthusiasm, creation with the spirit of God behind you, backing up your creations is your enthusiasm. So, um, that's, that's how I would, that's how I have overcome it because I've just come out of that season. And now I just feel like I'm me again and I'm making vision boards and I'm like writing down my goals and I'm reading my goals every day. And like, I'm writing. I used to do this literally in like 2017. Like I've written my goals with a Sharpie on a piece of paper and I have them like taped on my bathroom mirror and in my kitchen and in above my bed. And I'm just like really, and I have like prayers written down everywhere to surrender all my will to God and like remind myself of co-creation. And, and I'm just like on one, (laughs) like I feel so lit up and inspired and it's because I nourished myself first it's it's really hard to create as all of you I'm sure can resonate it's so hard to create and to feel in charge of our life experience when we're living in fight or flight and when there's so many different pillars that I mentioned before that aren't being nourished so that was my word for 2023 was to, or my word was nourish. 
And it was to do exactly that. Nourish my mind, nourish my body, nourish my spirit, nourish my relationships, nourish my career, nourish my finances, and nourish my creativity. And I feel like I just nailed that on the head. I'm really proud of myself for that. So give that a go. Do a little inventory, a little life checkup, you know? And then operate from that space. And from doing that inventory, you can see this is where I need to place my energy. This is where I need to place my focus. And this is how I'm going to move forward with this newfound understanding and awareness. <sighs> okay. Um, next question is how to increase my belief in myself and grow self-confidence. Um, another great question I was actually just speaking to a mentorship client about this yesterday, and this is a hard one, and this is, if you feel like you really lack deeply in your belief in yourself and your self-confidence as well, this is an invitation for a lot of deep introspection and, and healing, because this ultimately stems the very, very bottom of the, the bucket. You'll find that it stems from our childhood and our relationship with our parents and the language and environment that was constantly surrounding us as a child, right? So um, Let's say as, as, an, as a very simple example, let's say as a kid, you were very clumsy and always kind of like making quote unquote mistakes, like making messes or like falling and hurting yourself or whatever the case may be. And because our, most of our parents did not uh, go into parenting with this conscious understanding of gentle parenting and using words in a kind way, or at least my parents didn't, um, we may have been often scolded for the mistakes that we made. So let's say you spilled a glass of orange juice, something as simple as that, or you, anytime you made a mess and your parents were hyper-reactive to that, and we're like, oh my God, you always make messes. Like, look what you did. Look what you did. You just made such a big mess. Now I have to clean this up because of you. And I have to go to work and I'm in a rush. And now I have to stop and clean this up because you're always making a mess. And it's so annoying. And I can't stand that you like, you need to be more careful. You know, whatever. Talking to you like this to some extent, to some degree, whatever the case may be. When that's your language that you're receiving as a child, that genuinely shapes who you are and how you perceive yourself. That language translates into you uh, thinking and feeling like I'm not enough. I always make mistakes. The things that I say and the things that I feel aren't valid. I'm not good at anything I do. I always mess things up, right? Et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on and on. That really decreases your belief in yourself and your ability to do hard things and your ability to show up in the world and your ability to show up for others and your ability to feel confident in who you are and how you operate. So this is the foundation of self-confidence in this work is going 
back to the drawing board and looking at your childhood, looking at the relationship you had with your parents. Maybe it was also even your siblings. Like maybe you grew up with a lot of siblings and you didn't receive a lot of attention. So you always felt like everything that you say and believe was very like watered down or not fully heard or valued. And so it decreased your confidence in wanting to speak up or wanting to share, wanting to embody your um, your character and your personality because um, there were so many other personalities to battle against, so to speak. Um, so this is a, a huge thing. Um, and, and another thing is really learning to, I think affirmations are really helpful in this sense and affirmations can be so understated, but really getting in the habit of like positive self-talk and catching yourself every time you say something negative about yourself or to yourself even if it's a physical level on a physical level like about your appearance or whatever and every single time one of those thoughts comes up writing it down in your notes like make a one note and you add to that note list every time something negative comes up this will start to compile over time over time over time and then over a few weeks, or maybe it won't take long for it to compile, you can look at that list and be like a few things, right? First thing is like, why am I speaking to myself like this? You know, like, why would, why am I speaking to myself like this? Like, this is horrible. Like, this is horrible that I speak to myself, me. Like, I speak to myself like this. Like, what if someone else was speaking to me like this? Or maybe people do speak to you like that and that's horrible and I'm sorry that that's your experience. Um, but why am I speaking to myself like that? Like, do I, are, this, are these really the types of things that I want to be saying to myself? And, and then it goes back to like your inner child. Like picture the five or six-year-old version of you standing in front of you. Like close your eyes and, and visualize that girl or that boy standing in front of you, would you say those things to your younger self? Would you speak to yourself in that way? No, of course not. Would you speak to a child in that way? Like, of course not. Um, So don't speak to yourself now in that way. Um, And really look at that list and and find ways to um, acknowledge them. Like, oh, this is where that came from. Like, oh, my dad always said that to me. Or, oh, my my mom always said that to me or my brother always said that to me and that's why I feel that way or I was bullied in elementary school and that's where I got that limiting belief or that's why I'm so hard on myself um so kind of again like pinpointing where that negative self-talk could have came from where it stemmed from and then kind of transmuting it like dissolving it um soothing it so that you can lessen its importance and its potency in your mind. Um, that's really helpful. And then, and then the, the latter part of that is to create affirmations from those negative statements that you say about yourself that contradict them. So for example, um, if one of your negative self-talks was, um, I'm, I fail at everything and I can't do anything right or whatever, then the affirmation you would create on behalf of that is I am successful at everything I do and I love creating just for the sake of it. Um, Something along those lines. 
And then you can continue that process with each limiting belief that follows. So that's a a huge thing. And the last thing I'll say on self-confidence is is really, especially if you're a a woman, and, and you can do this if you're a male as well, really finding inspiration of, and and I know this can be like superficial in some ways or like materialistic, but try not to make it this way. Finding ways to love the way that you look or the way that you feel in your body um, in the most natural way possible. I don't know if that makes sense, but I'll share my story as an example. Um, I think it was like four years ago, I just stopped wearing makeup altogether. And actually the thing that inspired me to do that was my boyfriend at the time. I really thank him for this. Anytime I wasn't wearing makeup, because at the time I wore like a full face of foundation every single day, even living in Bali and in the scorching heat and like the pollution, riding on the bike, going to the beach. Like I would wear a full face foundation. I have no idea why. I didn't even have bad acne. Um, but every time I didn't wear makeup, he would always compliment me and be like, you look so beautiful. Like I love the way that you look without makeup. Like I wish you wore like less makeup. Not that you look bad, but I just love the way that you look without makeup. And he was the first person like ever in my life to like acknowledge me without makeup and like make me feel beautiful and that was such a gift that I received from him and it was because of him it was like a catalyst for me to not wear makeup and then in the beginning it was very challenging because I was confronted with like accepting who I it came with a lot stopping not wearing makeup which if you also don't wear makeup you will resonate with this but like not wearing makeup led me to a deep level of self-acceptance of exactly who I was and exactly how I looked. I wasn't trying to hide the imperfections of my skin or to make my whatever look better or to enhance my eyes or to like hide my blemishes or whatever. And it, it it led to this deep level of self-acceptance is like, this is who I am. This is like the raw, unaltered version of me. And I love it. And I remember as a kid, there were so many, not as a kid, as a teenager, like in high school, there were so many things about my face or like the structure of my face or my nose or my chin or my smile or my eyes, my forehead, whatever. We all have them that I just picked apart. And every single time I looked in the mirror, I was like acknowledging those things that I didn't like about myself. And then when I stopped wearing makeup, I started to train myself to do the opposite. So I would be like, and this is another thing that my boyfriend at the time, like really helped me with. Um, I know he'll never listen to this podcast, so I'm just going to share about it. But um, like always complimenting, like my eyes and my smile and and those were things that I would like latch onto and then like when I looked in the mirror at myself I would not acknowledge any of the quote-unquote imperfections that I always hated and simply acknowledge the parts of me that I 
I did agree that we're quote unquote beautiful, even though all of it's beautiful for anyone, any face, it's perfect. Um, and that really helped me like, wow, my eyes look so beautiful or like, wow, I love like the light that shines out of me through my smile, like really genuine compliments to myself that I could agree with and that I could acknowledge. And that helped me a lot because I didn't realize how much I struggled with self-confidence and like my overall appearance of who I am uh, without makeup and without accessories and without this and without that, that I just became, it was a slow process, but I became so deeply in love with who I am. And like another perspective is, is that my parents who I love deeply, they are a piece of me. They are a part of me. They created me. And I feel like through hating myself, not that I hated myself, but like through being hard on myself, there was like, this isn't the right wording, but I'm going to say it anyways and perfect myself as I say it. But like, it was almost like I was bashing on the creation of my mom. Like I am the creation of my mother. Like my mother created me in her womb with my father's genes and like my mother and father created me. And I'm so perfect because I am their creation. And I'm going to cry. <laughs> um, I feel like whatever they created, which is me, which is my siblings, it's perfect because they created me with their love and with their joining of their love. And that's beautiful. And I don't, that would be like my mom and dad, like making a painting or like some beautiful art or something. And then me just like constantly shitting on it and picking it apart. Like I am art to them. I, you are all art and you're so perfect in every way. And there's so much societal conditioning and negative domestication that has happened that have an Instagram and social media that have led us to believe that if we don't look like this perfect Barbie, that we're not beautiful. And that is just so far from the truth. It is the people that have the most generic, and I, I mean that loosely because nothing is generic, but like generic features or like un enhanced features but have the most beautiful bright spirit and love in their eyes and this confidence in their smile that are the most beautiful to me like there are some women I meet that like are just so raw and naturally beauty and there's nothing special about them in that regard you know not that they're not special but I see them and I'm like wow you are so beautiful and it's because of the light in their eyes and because of the smile and because of the wrinkles in the corner of their eye and the dimples on their cheeks and the pimple that they didn't cover up and they're just owning it, you know? So that was a bit of a, a rampage on self-confidence. But these are things that really did help me. And I really challenge you, if you haven't already, to try the no makeup thing and just accept fully accept your imperfections and get in the habit of loving up like take three things that you love about your physical appearance whatever they are and like run them into the ground like love up on them um as best you can and then slowly start to inch into the other parts of yourself that are quote-unquote less loved and love up on those too and you'll 
over time slowly feel this dramatic difference and it will start to shine out of you. This deep love that you feel for yourself and acceptance that you feel for yourself will literally radiate out of you and you will always look beautiful irregardless of how you put yourself together that day because it is really, it sounds so cheesy, but it is the light of your spirit and of your heart that that makes you beautiful because you could be the prettiest girl in the world with all the perfect features and this, that, and the other. But if you have this dampened, dull, negative spirit rating out of you, like your beauty means nothing, you know? So there you go. That's my answer to that question. <laughs> um, okay. <clears throat> the next question. <coughs> Pardon me. How do I have it? Save water. Uh, oh God. Just that water just did not go down right. Okay. Next question is, how can I believe that I am worthy? <clears throat> How can I believe that I am worthy of romantic relationships? Um, gee, that's a loaded question and one that is so layered with many things. And I would say that to a very <clears throat> elevated extent there is a good 90% of the population that struggles with this and something that I've always resonated with is that most people to some extent have this feeling of not being enough for whatever reason one of them being uh, the language and dynamics that we experienced with our parents as a child once again Uh, There's this feeling of not being enough, when in reality we are all more than enough. So I think this goes back to a few things. Number one is feeling full acceptance of who you are and being radically honest with yourself and who you are. Um, And this comes along with acknowledging your flaws or character defects that may not always work in your favor and looking at those things with grace and with love and with acceptance and with awareness and being like, okay, how can I improve on those things or loosen my grip on those things or loosen my belief in that negative thought, etc. And coming to this place of in order to feel worthy I think you have to feel like you're enough and this may be a never-ending battle or journey that is constantly triggered through certain circumstances and experiences but in general really repeating and this is something I've had to do myself is like really repeating again and again and again is like I am enough exactly how I am and that doesn't mean that you have to be stagnant in your growth and in your evolution as a being towards becoming more whole and more lovable and 
are more loved and all those sorts of things. But it's like in this moment, I am enough and I've always been enough and I will always be enough. And I am doing the best that I can at any given moment. And as long as you can say that with confidence and with certainty, like I am doing the best that I can. And because of that, I am enough. And we're we're all always just doing the best that we can, right? So I think that's step one. And also acknowledging specific experiences from your past or from your childhood that made you feel like you weren't enough. And this is something that I did with my therapist that I was working with for like six months, and it was very helpful. And I had never really... uh, identified with that feeling of like not being enough until she highlighted that for me and was like what makes you feel like you're not enough and that question was really powerful for me because I really dove in words to extract the answer to that question and when I found it I was like whoa 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 how did I not think of that before How did I not realize and trace the dots backwards to see how that experience from my teenage years led me to this deep feeling of not being enough? And sometimes it's more than one experience and and then it becomes this like domino effect, like compilation and your ego and your mind, your self-sabotaging mind starts to collect all of these negative experiences and circumstances as data that prove your point of not being enough, and then it becomes deeply cemented and rooted in your state of being and who you are, right? So that's a a big helpful thing right there, um, is really diving into that question, what makes me feel like I'm not enough? And why do I feel that way? What causes me to feel that way? Um, This will guide you towards a series of revelations and hopefully some awareness that will help shift the way that you think about that Um, and always just feeling like I am enough I am enough I am enough I am so enough and even the even with the imperfections of me and the challenges of me and the traumas of me and the character defects of me I am enough exactly as I am who I am my spirit is whole and complete and loved and joyful and peaceful and full of good things um I think that feeling of enoughness leads to a feeling of worthiness because you are so enough that you are worthy of having everything and everyone is not, it's not limited to a certain amount of individuals. And um, I think this is such a cliche thing to say, but they're cliche for a reason if you find that you're not attracting romantic relationships of any kind or you are attracting relationships but they're never of quality or they always fail or they're toxic in whatever way, I think that is always an invitation to dive back in words, some introspection and look at that individual, whoever it was that you had this romantic encounter with and see what they could have potentially mirrored to you. Um, 
what is that quote? Whatever we think the world is withholding from us, we are actually withholding from ourselves. I think that's how it goes. That's a very confronting statement sometimes, but it it rings with a lot of truth. So sometimes in past relationships that haven't worked out, I find myself like picking apart the other individual about things that I didn't like about them or things that should have been better or could have been better. And then I'm like, well, then I like kind of break check myself. Like, was I showing up in that way? Like, did I embody like using all of my heart? Was I good at communication? Was I fully expressing myself? Was I being judgmental in any way? Was I, you know, X, Y, Z, And that's a very humbling experience because a lot of the times you are pointing the finger at the other person without like looking at your own self and seeing like maybe areas that you lacked in that way. And every ending of any romantic relationship or encounter is always an invitation to love yourself deeper and accept yourself deeper and, um, not be so put off or discouraged by quote-unquote rejection because nothing ever really is rejection. Nothing is ever personal. Um, I don't know if this is helpful, but how can you believe that you're worthy of romantic relationships is knowing that everyone is worthy of... Every single being is worthy of like being deeply loved. And I... I really do believe with every ounce of me that there is someone for everyone and you can and will and can easily like meet that person and be with that person if you can find a place within yourself where you are so over flowing with love and there is no sense of desperation for that thing right like you release your attachment to the idea of a romantic relationship you release your attachment to the idea of having a boyfriend or a partner or a husband or whatever and knowing that it is inevitable that it will come and when it comes it does not matter because it is coming and just fully releasing like I'm just gonna fill my cup I'm just going to do everything to service me. I'm just going to take all that, all those pillars in my life that we talked about, the mind, body, spirit, finances, relationship, career, inspiration, joy, and I'm just going to run those into the ground. I'm just going to service myself and just feel phenomenal. I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to nourish my body in all the ways that make me feel good. And I'm going to connect with the relationships that I do have and nourish all the incredible friendships and family members that I do have and I'm going to work on my mental health and I'm going to get a therapist and I'm going to meditate every day and I'm going to take walks in nature and I'm going to read and I'm going to create art and I'm going to make music and I'm just going to love the fuck out of myself and just love my own company. It is inevitable that through that deep devotional work to yourself, this deep devotional love and just feeling so inescapably happy with your own company that you're a magnet like you you literally become a magnet so one of my friends reflected to me the other day she was like Chloe I don't 
understand like you always even though I haven't been in a serious committed relationship in a long while I've micro dated a few men (laughs) over the last two years and even though none of them have surmounted to a serious relationship they've all been so incredibly beautiful and nourishing and illuminating and um, filled with like wisdom and learning lessons and tons of beautiful experiences and memories and I'm so grateful for them and my friend reflected to me she was like somehow you just always attract the coolest people and like have the coolest experiences and you meet people you meet guys so effortlessly like one walks in the door and like an another walks another one walks out the door and another walks in and it's because I feel like I just have this openness to receive and to be open to love whatever that manifests as like without any like framework or expectations around it and I just love so openly and so fully and freely that it allows for me to have these experiences and although it it can be sometimes mentally taxing or draining to deal with the rise and fall of those individuals um, ultimately it is making me this more complete human through my own observation and introspection after each individual that I'm so grateful for it And the reason that's happened to me and the reason that I feel so worthy of those experiences and allowing them in is because when I'm not with these individuals or when I'm not dating someone, I am so deeply devoted to myself, especially now. Like I I love my company. I love being alone. Some days I'm at my house for like five days straight other than like going to the gym and to the grocery store and walking Nala that I just, I get so caught up in hanging out with me (laughs) and loving up on me that I forget that I like need to socialize and like make plans with my my people. So that's my advice on that. Um, And that actually leads into the next question, which was related to love. Where is it? Oh, Uh, The next question was, deep down in all honesty, do you ever worry about not finding the one, quote unquote, or finding them too late? I trust in divine timing and the universe's plan for me, but I still get this feeling sometimes. Hey, just a quick interruption because I want to share with you something super exciting that I'm going to be implementing into my podcast moving forward. If you're a longtime listener here, I think this will really excite you. Or if you're new here, I think it will uh, spark some interest for you as well. So I have decided that all of my podcast episodes moving forward will be involved in this change. I have created a all-inclusive membership style platform which will be hosted via patreon and within that platform there will be full-length episodes of the podcast special guest episodes and conversations as well as exclusive discounts and offerings and resources that are provided via my podcast guests or myself so moving forward all of my podcast episodes 
will be uploaded to Patreon in order to listen to the full-length episode, meaning that here on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you're streaming this episode now, you will only have access to about 45 minutes or so of the podcast. And then if you want to listening to the if you want to continue listening to the remainder of the episode, you will have to subscribe to my membership on Patreon and then you'll have access to all the full-length episodes as well as extra episodes that I have recorded specifically for my membership. And I'm really excited for this because I think it will really inspire me and motivate me to get a really amazing guest to share incredible information with you. And it'll also compensate me for all the time and energy that I'm putting into this podcast and really elevate me as a podcast host. So I hope that this excites you and I hope that you are willing and able to contribute in this way so that you can can continue listening to all the full-length episodes and the Patreon membership will only be about $3 a month. So it's super affordable, nothing too crazy. And you can obviously cancel it at any time. You can join just for a month or two months or whatever excites you to see if the membership is worth it. And I have a feeling that it will be. So if you have any questions, you can email me or message me on Instagram, but it's pretty straightforward. You just click the link in the description below and you'll be guided to patreon and then you sign up for the membership and then you can continue listening to the rest of this episode which i think you'll really enjoy there's about 30 minutes left more or less and i will continue answering the anonymous questions as you heard so i hope this excites you thank you so much for listening and moving forward thank you for joining the membership i think it'll be a really beautiful place where not only can you listen to inspiring episodes and guests but you can also create some sense of community with the other listeners here that are also subscribed to the Infinite Creators podcast. So thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your day.